You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about Continental Belts. If you think of all the weird things that you find in cars, I'm not talking about French fries or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes, bizarre trinkets, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about folks. Well, another thing that'll make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental Belts. I bet you didn't know that they're OE and tens of millions of Chrysler, Dodge, Ford, and GM vehicles that roll off the assembly line. They're also OE on a majority of BMWs and VWs. And now Continental is launching the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE pedigree. This is the serpentine belt that you guys have on pretty much every car. It's their OE technology series of belts. And these belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. And Continental has an OE Technology Series Multi-V belt for 98% of the vehicles on the road in the U.S. and Canada. So listen, guys, you guys get enough surprises working on your cars and trucks already. A belt shouldn't be one of them. Go with the Continental OE Technology Series Multi-V belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, go to OETechnologySeries.com. That's OETechnologySeries.com. Hello, welcome to CarCast. I am Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. We got Bill Goldberg on the line with us again. How are you, Bill? I am jamming, my buddy. How are you? I'm doing great. Let me tell you guys, CarCast is brought to you by Zybar for better engine performance, horsepower, fuel economy, and lower underhood temperatures. Zybar is an ultra-thin, high-temperature coating that reduces radiant heat by 90%. So put Zybar on, take heat off, learn more at Zycoat.com, at Z-Y-C-O-A-T.com. And of course, Dodge. There's no better time to celebrate speed, power, and performance than during the Dodge Performance Day. So hurry in and replace that new car smell with the smell of scent of with the smell of burnt rubber. That's right. easy for you to say. Yeah, right. Uh, it's it's a combination of both. It's got new car smell and burnt rubber. Um, yeah. All right. So uh, before we kick things off, we're going to get into this a little bit later in the week uh, on the show as well. But I just want to give a uh, uh, condolences to uh, to Nikki Lauda's family, and uh, we we lost a, a legend in motorsports, Nikki Lauda, one of the greatest F one drivers of all time. Uh, as we're recording this, he passed away yesterday uh, at seventy years old, and I mean, just the guy was uh, amazing and smart and brutal and and fantastic. Uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna break that down later uh, in in the week. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, my condolences also, man. We get to uh, I get to meet him at Goodwood. Yeah, and uh, it was very brief. And uh, you know, there's so many legends walking around there, and um, he obviously stuck out. But um, you know, condolences to the family. It's just a horrible. Yeah, he's got. Oh, a, dear, we uh, lost another one. You know he's got uh, he's got a he's got a wife at home and he's got uh, several kids and uh, a tough life and we'll, like I said we'll get into the details later but between I think a kidney transplant and a lung transplant and and of course surviving the fire and uh, uh, a tough gig and to be able to uh, like you said see him at an event like Goodwood 
see him at the racetrack and see him with a with a grin on his face and still being in the in that sport for so long. But uh, uh, a, a amazing story, amazing a person, and uh, you know, I, I I don't know all that much about him, but I certainly do. From a motorsports standpoint, I do uh, I do love his story and admire what he's done and what he's overcome during the process. So uh, anyway, there's that. Um, okay, so I noticed uh, our buddy Mark Warman had posted some pictures of your truck. Have you spoken to Mark? What's going you know, on? If if I could uh, uh, if, if I could condense my reaction to that statement, it would be the emoji with the green vomit coming out of his <laughs> mouth. Um, yeah. You know, I've sat, I've sat back here for over a year listening to you and your car projects uh, from time to time, kind of going sideways. Yeah, and as a as a car guy. You know, I, I, I empathize with you, uh, but also as a human being and as your friend, part of me giggles a little bit. Yeah. You know? because yeah. It's like a never ending story. And I've been very, very fortunate, but Jesus criminy, what the hell is going on with this truck? You know, yeah. um, and, and I've got to set the record straight. I mean, we all obviously know what a wonderful guy Mark Warman is. Yeah. And, all of the delay and the issues, none of them have been um, his doing whatsoever. It's whether PCM's in or whether, ay, yeah, 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 one one issue after another. So long story short, after that picture was posted, you know, obviously my excitement level was way through the roof. Then I get a phone call from Mark <laughs> and uh as well, we got a little problem. So to make an extremely long story that could go on for a year and a half short, this motor doesn't fit in this car, in this truck. <laughs> really? I don't, I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't mean to go. laugh, but. Go ahead. I'll, I'll leave you, I'll open the floor for you to laugh for a good 15, 20 seconds. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. The truck is massive. I, is it too tall? Is it too no. wide? Nope. No, it's too wide. It's It's too too wide. wide. There are a number of areas. Now, we have come to the conclusion that if we can put the motor, we can move the the motor two inches forward, we're completely fine. Yeah. You know, not only did we have to fabricate mounts for this thing, because there were none available, period, end of story, but um, now, yeah. Either the frame's got to be notched or the the motor's got to be put up two inches. Or we just go with the original block and build the motor up and say say goodbye to the 392 crate, which completely, you know, uh, 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 truth be told, you know, that was the reasoning for this entire build. Was, yeah, you know, it was. It really was. I don't know. So- I mean, I, I, I could have dumped that truck over a cliff, you know, for all I cared, but I thought it was going to be a great, it was a great idea. You know, um, there are a lot of guys with, with, with those old uh, Rams that, that, they are underpowered. There's no doubt about it. And they need the options. And, you know, dropping this 392 crate would have been one hell of an option. But don't follow my lead, gentlemen and ladies, because it doesn't fit. What year Unless is the you truck? you want to go, you know, full fabrication. It's a 99. All right. So now you guys know that the, the, <laughs> the heavy crate engine doesn't fit in a 99 Dodge without so some fabrication. So after a year of, of everything, 
you know, waiting on this, waiting on that. You know, obviously different things could have been done throughout, but no, I mean, I, and I feel for Mark because this isn't in his wheelhouse normally. This is not what he works on. And he's taken it on because it was, it was me. And, um, you know, we're, hey, they're, they're, we haven't scrapped it 100%. Um, let's just say that I was looking as of yesterday and the day before for different vehicles to put that, that crate motor in. Um, yeah. I'm going to open it up to our listeners to throw out some ideas for me because short of putting that 392 in my 69 blazer, um, which ain't going to happen. Um, I, I, I was seriously considering replicating that 68, um, gladiator concept vehicle that someone did and put that hell crate in. Interesting. Um, so hey, give me some ideas, guys. What you know? What what, well, what should I do with this with this three ninety two crate motor? Yeah. So my thought on it is now. Now I got to build a freaking car around it. Now I I my thought is get the three ninety two in the truck, and it's because it's difficult to do, and and that's that's kind of what done. makes it more unique. And if, yep. like you said, if it means notching the frame or cutting out the inner fenders or moving it forward a little bit, at least moving it forward, like moving it forward a little bit, like on paper, you're like, oh, we can move it forward. Who cares about the weight distribution? It's a pickup truck. But then you're going to run into things like how much fan shroud do you have and how much radiator room support. So I, I don't know. I think, I, I, I think maybe. You know, again, I don't, I don't know where where he's getting jammed up. You know, notching the frame, welding some some pieces in there, some support I'll send, braces. I'll send and, you and, photos. Yeah, we'd love to see it. But now oil it's fil- like oil, oil filters. One one place we could just eliminate the oil filter. We'd be good right now. Well, we could try. You could try to do a remote oil filter. You can absolutely. You know, um, there are, there are ways around it. You know, we were just looking for plug and play and ways for guys to you know simply do the swap and. Unfortunately, it, it wasn't what we thought it was, and right, you know, we're we're going to have to do some fabricating. There's no doubt because you know that, like, like I said, that was the that was the project, right? That's so. and that's kind of what it takes, and and yes, I. I, I can see how it gets frustrating, and you wake up and you go, "Who puts this much time and energy into a '99, you know, a Ram? Like, who, who puts this much time and energy to to a truck that like that you could donate basically at the, you exactly. know, you know, it, so, it, you know, it's like now what? You know, yeah. all, all this. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I get it, but it's kind of a, you know, I, I can see it though. I can see it as like now it's. Now it's kind of interesting. Now it's it's even more interesting because it's it, it it's not a swap I'm anybody so else is going to be able I can to do. Provide entertainment at my expense for you. Well, look, I I mean I don't want it to be a nightmare for anybody. Every project has its you know has it's always going to have roadblocks. I mean, trust me, uh, you know <laughs> I, I get it all the time. My, my my BMW is still sitting in my friend David's driveway, and we're trying to figure that out and and, and get uh, a computer in it to get it running, so we can get another standalone computer in it, and and it's it's a pain in the ass. And uh, and you know uh, that's I'm going to have to follow that lead too. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, you know, getting it in, getting it in is is going to be, you know, uh, you know, we're going to solve one problem there, but we have another one right after. It, so, mm, you know, yeah. Well, it, it can, it, and the story goes on, kind of like a Mecham auction. Yeah, right. The bid goes on. Um, <laughs> well, the story is the story is interesting uh, for sure. And I saw the the photo that Warman posted up on Twitter, and he's like, "We're going to try to get this engine in here." And you're right. I could see now. He'd be like, "Yeah, it didn't fit. I was a little too quick on that uh, Twitter post." I'm sure. Um, I don't know. Interesting though. Um, yeah. And uh so we're we're a couple weeks away from you uh, uh flying out for your big WWE event. Um but we had talked about we talked about the Speedcore carbon fiber uh a, a, a Hellcat of yours and you were saying you got the Sparco seats in it. Uh a little snug, but uh but Yeah, I'm you know what? As I as I've driven it around, it, you know, it's comfortable. Um, you're not going to drive. It's not a daily driver. So, I mean, it's it, it's a purpose-built vehicle now. You know, it's it's going to get the full cage put in soon. Then I can put the, uh, you know, all the all the harnesses in. And, you know, it's it's just one step closer to, to being a, a track beast, pretty much. So, um, I, I'm, I'm ecstatic with it. We're going to take it up to HRE next week. I'm not going to be able to make the open house. So, we're going to do a little photo shoot with the carbon fiber inserts on the wheels and um, you know, uh, uh, each day I'm figuring out things to do with that vehicle, but, um, let's just say Dave and I are, uh, in contact. <laughs> yeah. And then it's going to go back to those guys at some point, right? You're going to do some more stuff. Yeah, hopefully, and then, hopefully and, before I, I head to Saudi Arabia, it's going to be back on a truck up, up to Wisconsin. And you, and you guys are still talking about, uh, doing your charger as well. Are you going to send both of them on the same truck or is that still in discussion? It's still in discussion. You know, it's, uh, he's a busy guy, man. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he's got so many different cool projects going on. I think sending them one at a time is going to be enough. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, as you mentioned, the HRE open house, it's, uh, it's their annual event. It's always a great event. Uh, we were there last year. We did some podcasting stuff last year. Um, unfortunately, uh, neither of us, um, uh, have an opportunity to go this year, uh, you will be out of town. You've got stuff to do. Uh, I'm doing something with McLaren uh, that weekend um, and uh, filming some stuff with them. And it just kind of worked out that it's on that day, and I, I couldn't really change it. So uh, I'd like to try now, have you there. Have you been to another open house that is is – as eclectic as that one, as far as its range of vehicles, it, it, no, and it's fantastic, and uh, and it's a block party. This is not a small it's event awesome. at all. This is a big event, and I encourage anybody to uh, to look it up and go down there. It's, I believe it's June first. It's in Vista, California. It's down in that San Diego ish area, Oceanside ish. I I don't know how the locals determine. What's what? Like we out here, we say it's in Venice or Hollywood, and somebody go, "That's not the same." I'm like, so I don't know what it is down there, but uh, it's but it's not really aptly named. But it's kind of car country where you know uh, a lot of the manufacturers have their corporate offices. It's it's a it's an area where everybody around this area knows about. So I don't know how they what they refer it to, but man, it's a it's kind of a plethora of uh, companies represented down there. Whether it's MagnaFlow or Nitto or HRE or 
There's a, a bunch of cars, like you said. It's a great showing of cars. There's a bunch of vendor booths out there: supercars, muscle cars, old and new. Um, and uh, and then they do tours of the HRE facility as well, so you can see the whole process: the CNC machines, powder coating that they all do in house. Now the finishing work on the three-piece wheels and, and all that stuff. So um, it's a cool event. I wish I could go. Uh, it was great to go last year. We will go again at some point. But, uh, but Maybe we should get our holograms again. Yeah, right? We've got to start cloning ourselves and, uh, uh, and get down there and uh, do more of these events. Um, all right. So I've got some more stuff uh, I want to talk about. I want to pick up where we left off last week on the McLaren. But uh, before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about Geico. You guys have heard this before. Everyone's got a to-do list. You drop off your dry cleaning. You pick up some milk. And now you can save hundreds of dollars on car insurance, and you don't have to drop off or pick up anything. You just go to Geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can be saving 15% or more on car insurance. So if you want some extra money in your pocket, this is the most rewarding to do you can do today. Be sure to check out Geico.com. All right. So there was there's a couple of things on the McLaren front. Oop, phone call. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's HRA. What do you mean you're not coming to the show? <laughs> we just heard. Uh, two things on the McLaren front is uh, I told you guys I'm going to be driving the McLaren 720S Spider. We're doing a little bit of a photo shoot. Um, first, I'm going to be driving the Acura NSX, and then uh, and then the McLaren, and then my buddy Brad Fanshaw from Shift and Steer, he has the McLaren now, and then we're basically working and swapping. So I'm going to get the McLaren and then he's going to get the NSX after me. And we're going to try to use it as an opportunity to do a photo shoot with the McLaren and then the photo shoot with the McLaren and the NSX together because it's kind of neat. We got the cars and we'll try to get a couple rolling shots and some fun stuff like that. So we'll come back and tell you all about that at some point. But Y'all are uh, dicks. <laughs> well, I told you, you're going to be out of town. I was like, why don't I come on by and bring the McLaren? I know Gage is a fan as well. Let's check it out. And you're like, I'm out of town. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, but I am looking forward to both of those cars. They're both wildly different, but... Similar in the fact they're just they're both extremely quick, incredible supercars. But where the NSX is uh, a performance hybrid with electric motors on the front and the the, the gas engine in the back, and basically can go into an all wheel drive mode because of the electric motors in the front. And then the 720s is rear wheel drive and and crazy power, and uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. Oh, and I drove the 720S Coupe. This is the Spider, but it's retractable hard top. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, and uh, I can tell you that uh, Brad had already driven it. And I told him the 720S was my favorite car to drive. I think it's just one of the greatest performing cars out there. And then I backed it up with the new 4 GT. It wasn't that the 4 GT was better. I just loved getting into it and what it represented. It was such an, like an American supercar and, you know, but equally fast and impressive, um, not quite as refined as the 720. So those are the sort of the top two of my list of, of supercars. And then Brad drove the 720 and then he, he called me the other day and he's like, you're right. This is the, this is the greatest car out there. This is the greatest 
uh, supercar out there uh, in, in just one of the fastest, most incredible things. And I spent a lot of time because I filmed a lot with with uh, with McLaren in the previous 720s up at uh, Angela's Crest and closed down the road. And, you know, we had drones and, and all kinds of camera cars. And to be able to do that and uh, uh, and really kind of get on that car um, in a in a in literally a closed environment, not like a makeshift. Like it was a film shoot. It was a shoot, and I got to do all the driving for it. And uh, I got to do things in that car that the car was meant for that you can't do on Venice Boulevard <laughs> normally. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of fun. So we'll get more into that. But so uh, McLaren announced uh, last week as we were recording the show the McLaren GT, and I want to get into that. But I think the one that uh, that is getting probably caught your eye, Bill, was the speed tail. I don't have all the specs in front of me, but the speed tail is the three-seater version that they brought back. And I think there's a very limited amount of these. Don't quote me on it, but I don't know, 100 or something like that. Or there's some significance, like 109 or whatever of it. But the speed tail is... Pr- I think one of the fastest, if not the fastest, McLaren built to date. I say fastest, I think because of top speed, not be, not at zero to sixty, because that's the whole point of the speed tail is that is the aerodynamics and stuff. And that's the three seater version that uh, uh, sort of brings up the the McLaren F1, your favorite car, right? Now, will that be legal in the states? I think it is. I think it is a street legal car. It's just going to be a very limited, uh, like a hundred or a hundred nine or something like that. There's uh, so I. I'm not saying I. I think that's a tough one to get on the list for. Obviously, you probably have to own well, some no, of McLarens. No, no and, doubt. I'm just wondering about the seat configuration. How 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 they're going to look upon that. You know, I I've seen uh, I've seen Leno's uh, F one, and I've seen him open the door and climb over one of the passenger seats to get into into the center seat. And uh, he's told me stories about uh, uh, taking guys for rides in that thing. I don't know if I mentioned that story. So <laughs> Leno went to like a cars and coffee event, like in I don't know Topanga or something like that, or uh, something like that. And um, and two two guys two two. Pretty pretty big dudes came over and they're like, "Hey Jay, it's nice to meet you." And and uh, you know he meets people all the time at these car events. He's always very nice and tells people about the cars. But these two guys were like, uh, "Why don't you take us for a ride in your F one in your McLaren F one?" And he's like, uh, "It's not normally my thing." And he's like, "It was a little intimidating." It was like two big dudes, and he's like. Ah, but but then what? Like, where do I go that I'm alone with these guys? It's like, it seems a little scary, but he's like, ah, okay, I'll do it. So these two guys, he climbs into the middle seat. These guys are on his left and right. There's passenger seats on each side of the McLaren F1. And he's out there and he's going through the hills. And I don't know, he's like uh, 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 off of the 101, all in the like Malibu canyons. And he's just he's just getting on the car, having a great time with these guys. And then a cop, uh, cop comes up behind him, flashes the lights, pulls him over, and he's like, oh, guys, I'm sorry. I you know, we were having a little bit of fun. He's like, uh, the cop's going to come over. I'm going to have to just get the ticket. The two guys, they look at each other like, don't worry about this, Jay. I got it. And he's like, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. We don't want to intimidate. Like, listen, I'll just pay the ticket. And they're like, no, no, we got it. 
The cop walks over. These guys get out of the car. Turns out both of those guys were cops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, no, we, we've got it. We're like, no, no, Jay was just taking us for a ride and had a big laugh about it. He's like, I thought you guys were going to fight. <laughs> but, but, uh, he's like, no. So he talked him down. I can see that. Yeah, I can see good. that exact scenario playing out. Right. And that's the kind of story that happens to a guy like Leno, which uh, – which is great. Oh, yeah. Okay, so the speed tail is the thing, but this, the McLaren GT, they wanted a, a traditional GT car. They wanted sort of a touring car that they can get out there. So they came up with a, a McLaren GT, and which is interesting to me is it is arguably a, a, a very lightweight car. It was meant to be a lightweight car. It's got a carbon fiber monocoque tub and um, a lot of uh, a weight reduction and and. In uh, all the different components of the car, but what's interesting is as a GT car, you expect, uh, you know, sound deadening and nice leather and sound system and navigation and, and like all the accoutrements that you'd want in a a nice, comfortable GT car. And it does have those things. So they did all of the weight savings uh, sort of in the engineering, not not really in the in the luxury portion of it. It it weighs three thousand three hundred and eighty four pounds. And any modern day car with with airbags and 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 things like that, having to be under thirty four hundred pounds, I think is a great feat. It has uh uh it has the turbo V eight engine. It's six hundred and twelve horsepower at 7,500 RPM, and it's 465 pound-feet of torque between 55 and 6,500 RPM. So it makes peak torque for for a nice broad range there. The 0 to 60 is 3.1 seconds. And uh, when you see the photos of the car, the the photos that they put out there are kind of this gold color, and it looks good in the photos, and it's bright, and it shows the lines. But when you start going to the website and looking at the gallery and you see like the darker green, gray and stuff, you're like, that's really nice. Um, my question for you, Bill, is this. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've seen the photos and a lot of people have been commenting saying, hey, this is really starting to look a lot like the new C8 Corvette. Have you have you have you seen the I mean, spy I shots? See, I could see where they say that. For sure, but uh, you know there there's the distinct difference. Obviously, once you look at the two side by side, yeah. Um, I mean, I could see where one uh, uh, could be likened to the other, but the it's it ends there. Yeah, I I, I get they're going to be completely different animals, probably fairly similar performance, definitely not. Uh, uh, I you know what? Now that you think about it, I don't know where that C8 Corvette's going to come in at price range, but the McLaren GT surprisingly is fairly entry level for the McLaren brand. I want to say it starts at two hundred and ten thousand. Um, but, yeah, as I was as I was filling out my <laughs> my spec sheet, yeah, on that on that website, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it starts at two ten. It starts at two ten. Surely not where it ends up. After. No, it doesn't. It's funny you mention that because um, the seven twenty S Spider that I've got coming in, they sent me uh, not the Monroney, but it's kind of a build sheet for it. I want to say it it was like three sixty or three seventy. Uh, 
was sort of the base, base. price. Yeah, and but then it was four seventy with the extras. Oh, it's every bit of like four and a quarter, I believe. Is four twenty five, yeah. four twenty seven, or something like. I was like, all right, so we got fifty thousand dollars of options on a car that should be fairly optioned out as it is. But it turned out a lot of it was just a lot more carbon fiber uh, pieces, which is interesting because when I went online to the Acura website and I built up an NSX several times, so you can get into an NSX for one hundred seventy thousand, you know, all day long. But when you add all of the cosmetic carbon fiber pieces, you know, and the carbon ceramic brakes and whatnot, you're at two hundred thousand dollars for an NSX and. Uh, that's no kind of that's kind of tough, but it turns out the dealers. I think people are kind of wising up on that, and they're saying we don't need all the carbon fiber cosmetic pieces. And the way to get the NSX is like one hundred sixty five, hundred seventy thousand dollar NSX, and uh, and and just have some fun with it from there. Um, so this this uh, McLaren, <clears throat> as a GT car, it's it has very as beautiful interior. And it has storage. That was a big thing. I don't know why we used the, the golf bag as a gauge for storage, but it fits the golf bag in the back. The back is a is a rear hatch. Uh, but <laughs> it's you tend to forget that oh, you open the back. You're like, oh, it's a rear hatch. You can fit a golf bag. It's got a lot of room. But then you kind of forget like this is still a rear mid engine placement. So you open the hatch and you put your bags down and your groceries or whatever. The engine's still underneath. It's it's there. It's not front engine by any means. Like you, you know, eggs are cooked when you get home. Meat's <laughs> halfway done. Yeah. So it's kind of like I don't know. I'm thinking Porsche Cayman. Uh, uh, you know, the Cayman is rear mid, and you can kind of you can open the back and you can put stuff down and and. And so that's going to be kind of interesting. So then I started thinking about the Corvette C8. Is the Corvette going to be a hatch and you see the engine or is it going to be the hatch and, you know, you have storage components? Like, so it's kind of interesting to see uh, uh, what what Corvette's going to be doing with that as well. Well, we can, guarantee, we can be guaranteed that there'll be more storage than that Ford GT you drove. Definitely more storage than the Ford GT, but I wouldn't say the Ford GT. I got a GT. pair of boots in there. <laughs> right? Yeah, I could get two pairs of boots in there. <laughs> um, well, that's it. Uh, so the McLaren has the little frunk. It has the storage in the front, and then it has the hatch area. So, I I mean, I'm curious to know how comfortable it's going to be. Is it is it going to be a more of a – you know, I'm not saying you're going to drive across the country in it, but, you know, do you, do you, do you want to take – you know, do you want to drive it to Monterey? Do you want to do five, five and a half hours? Uh, to Monterey and be fairly comfortable, or are you going to feel fatigued, you know, uh, getting in and out of it? But it, um, uh, I think it's a pretty car. I think it really looks good. I uh, I think they've got it priced right for a GT car. I think it <clears throat> I think it will compete with. I, I think it'll compete with Porsche. I think it'll compete with Aston Martin and uh, 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 you know cars like that. Um, I'm not sure. I think they were brilliant to hit that price point. You know? Yeah. Um, to, to get a McLaren, uh, to get a, G, a McLaren GT at that price point, even though it's the base price point, you know, a little bit larger version of, of you know, the aesthetically beautiful cars that they've been putting out, the supercars over the past. Mm-hmm. They get a little bit bigger car. I mean, maybe I'm just speaking out loud because of 
my requirements, but no, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a hell of a price point to put in a little larger vehicle that has the bloodline of what they've been doing so expertly over the years. You know, I mean, that, that, that's very attractive. Yeah. I think it looks good. I think it looks good. Um, I'd be curious to, to get in it. I, I don't know when they're going to have them out here and put them in a press fleet and all that stuff. I'm sure it's going to take quite a while. Um, but I am, I am guessing we will be able to see that car in person in Monterey in August. I'm sure they're going to have it out there, it seems like. I would imagine they'll, we'll be able to see shots of it from Goodwood. Yeah. Yeah, the Festival Possibly. Speed is coming up. It would be a great place for them to uh, to bring out that GT and run up the hill and do that. Uh, uh, we're not going to be able to make that either. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to make that. Are you going to Festival of Speed? When is Festival of Speed? Oh, no, no. No, I don't think it's on the on the docket for either one of us this year. Oh, before I forget, what is on the docket is uh, Roadkill Nights in Detroit. I don't know which day we're going to be there. It's going to be August 9th or 10th. And uh, as I said that, uh, I saw Chris smile. Hey, Chris, are you going to Detroit? <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. I was, uh, uh, I was on the phone with Corolla the other day, and, I, and, and, and we're trying to break down, like, what are we doing? we got to do Monterey. we got to do this. we got to do that. And I said, uh, I said uh, Goldberg and I are going to Detroit. Uh, we got to do Roadkill Nights. I said, uh, I, I want to take Chris to that one. I need Chris to produce a show. And he's like, eh. and I was like, well, it's going to be a Friday or Saturday. And he's like, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, <laughs> and uh, so now you got to keep reminding him to get it in his head to let you out of here. So uh, on a Friday or a Saturday to go do that event. But yeah, I do we're what gonna I be want, back. Matt. Wait, sure you do. <laughs> As Adams in New York, not listening to this. Uh, so we're going to do Roadkill Nights um, in August, um, and then I, we come back, and then like that following Wednesday, we're going to head up to Monterey and do Monterey Car Week. Um, which is uh, another great event. Um, all right, so that's the stuff on the McLaren. <clears throat> We've got some more stuff to talk about. I'm going to tell you first about Zycoat. Uh, and, of course, their product, Zybar. Heat is the enemy of speed. Zybar is a revolutionary high-temp coating. It dissipates heat and increases performance of manifolds, headers, exhaust, turbos, and intakes. You guys heard us talk about it. Several times before, you've heard our guy, uh, uh, Tim, call in, tell us all about it. Zybar coats the metal surface and doesn't allow it to absorb heat. On uncoated stock components, the hot uh, exhaust gas heats up the metal and increases back pressure in the exhaust, causing reduced engine performance. You don't want that at all. You're just leaving power on the table. So Zybar increases horsepower and torque, reduces the metal surface and under hood temperature, which is... uh, Ooh, I want to say old Maseratis. They'd melt all the wiring under the hood. They should have just Zybar coated everything because those old Maseratis. Yeah, Jaguars. A lot of a lot of melted wirings, um, uh, wiring. So uh, check this out for the listeners here, our CarCast listeners. Uh, you guys can visit Zycoat.com and click on Coating Services. And if you have a, a piece, you have headers or something like that, and you don't have time or you don't have the sandblast or anything, you can uh, you can just send it in. They'll take care of everything. They'll blast it. They'll coat it, and they'll send it back. And the, the turnaround time is, I don't know, like two weeks. It's pretty good. Um, so Zycoat will, will coat the parts for you. And uh, if you do want to do it yourself, you can go to Zycoat.com. You can order the stuff up. They'll send it to you, and you can uh, – uh, clean the parts and paint them yourself. So, guys, check that out. Go to zycoat.com and check out their coating services. Um, all right. So, uh, 
you guys have been following Indy, <clears throat> uh, you guys have known that our, our buddy Simon Pagenaud has qualified on the pole. He sits at number one spot for the Indy Ooh. 500. And uh, I, you guys have heard me talk about Simon before. Uh, he's a buddy of mine. Um, he's such a nice guy. And uh, we hung out at Long Beach Grand Prix, and uh, uh, and then Norman Pagano, his dog, who has his own Instagram and Twitter account. I'm not <laughs> quite sure who's more famous, Norman or Simon. Um, and uh, but uh, Simon is such a great guy, and he's so much fun, and he's very very sweet. And I was very excited to see him get this uh, to to get uh, the the number one spot up there. I watched his lap. 229.992 miles per hour. I think it's four-lap average, 229.992. And uh, he sits on the pole for the 103rd Indianapolis 500, which is interesting is it's been 100 years of the 103 races, 100 years since 1919 that a Frenchman has sat on uh, in the number one spot. Um, so that's impressive as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to watching this and seeing how it goes. And it's it's crazy because I want to say the top, like the field of 30 is only like two and a half, two and three quarters. I don't even think it's three seconds separating the entire field of 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 30 cars that qualified. That's how. Just imagine, just imagine averaging 229. Oh my gosh. I mean. It it also imagine averaging two twenty nine point five and you're 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 fifth <laughs> because exactly. because somebody was four tenths quicker than you and you're like what four tenths it's gonna be crazy so I'm actually looking forward to I believe in, in August uh, the thirtieth um, Adam and I are doing a car cast in uh, in uh, we're doing a live show. I want to say in Portland at a car museum there, we're going to do a car cast car show and then we're going to do a live event and we're going to talk to Mario Andretti, who's going to be with us. I'm excited about that because he's Mario Andretti. Um, But I want to get into this discussion with him. I'm like saying, hey, you guys were running. He was running fast in the day and the cars were nowhere near as sophisticated. It didn't have a little push button on the steering wheel that shot water in your mouth in the middle of the race. Like... I, what was it like then versus now? Like he's still. I'm not saying runs these the guys car. aren't badasses now, but I mean, look at NASCAR back in the day. I mean, look at all forms of racing. What these guys went through. Not only, not only what what uh, went in their mouths during the race, whether it be bug. You know, I mean, some of these guys didn't have windshields. Some of them, you know, my God, what just the the the. the ground that technology has made up in racing over the years. I mean, these guys like Petty and Andretti and Foyt, all those guys got to be going, man, you guys got it made. Right? Right. Yeah. It's funny because I I was thinking about, I used the same scenario when I was thinking about wrestling and I was thinking about like, what would Jake the Snake Roberts think of Randy Orton? You know, like, like Jake the Snake, I paid a hundred dollars, or was just paid in cocaine or something back in the day. Who knows what? And and you know, Orton makes I don't know a million bucks a year or something like that. It's like and and even I I don't know too much about the behind the scenes version of it, but I would imagine that 
even just the 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 doctors and stuff that WWE has have to be like NFL quality guys. When back in the day, you just you just treat it on your own. You just grab like a an ice pack well, or I like mean, what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we've all made advancements. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there's no question about it. I'd say the wrestling business hasn't advanced, you know, like the racing business over that period of time. No right. question about it. But but yeah, I mean, uh, it's a it's a business that makes uh, one hell of a lot of money, and you have to take care of the people who represent the product, and you know. Yeah, there, there's no question that the rights that uh, us athletes slash entertainers have now um, are, are much different than the ones, and we can ask for things and uh, um, actually acquire things that are realistic these days because of the value that we bring to the table. They bring to the table. I'm an old man. I, 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 I don't I don't really do that much anymore. But um, yeah, those guys are they're. They're responsible for a, a, a very large portion of the income that comes on comes in from whatever network that they're represented by. Yeah, well, it's, and it's big business, man. Um, when I go down to Long Beach and I get to, uh, I spend a little time with uh, Bobby Ray Hall over in Graham Ray Hall's pits, and of course Simon, and and seeing the operation that they have going on over there, and uh, uh, just having conversations about, you know, just walking over to Simon and have him like grab the steering wheel and go, let me show you all the different things we do as a driver, uh, changing things on the fly in this car. And then, uh, you know, and some of the body work is off of it. And he's like, let me sh- explain some of the arrow. And then he's explaining the suspension. And then he'll say, you can't photograph the suspension because that's actually still, there's a few things that are proprietary from team to team, uh, which is interesting. But, um, uh, you're right. The amount of technology, uh, it's, it's big business. It's big business. Well, look at the steering wheel on the Formula One cars. I mean, I, I said this story, I don't know, a while ago when I went to the Canadian Grand Prix. Uh, I've been to it a number of times, but one time in particular, we were in the Ferrari pit, and uh, I was with my brother, who was the Ferrari guy, and, you know, they get yeah. all these advantages. And so we went behind the scenes and then, uh, uh, they sent the steering wheel up from, from the actual car that was in, in the race. And they said, you know, as you look at that steering wheel, realize it's not just a steering wheel. It's about a $250,000 piece of technology that, you know, contains every bit of data in this vehicle. Yeah. Um, you know, compare that with 30 years ago, 20 years ago. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Didn't you? Yeah, it's it's uh it's it's pretty interesting. And there are the guys have been releasing, I think Indy, maybe F1 as well. They've been releasing like videos on uh they're like, "Let me just show you the steering wheel. We've got this and this and this and this." And we're like, "God, there's a lot going on in there." And uh but it's everything is on there so they can just kind of keep their hands focused and and you'd think mentally you'd be focused on the race, but there's so much going on as a driver in the car and you're constantly changing things. So, um uh, pretty interesting stuff. The Indy 500 is uh, is coming up this Sunday. It's May 26. It's at 12 p.m. Eastern time, 12 noon Eastern time on NBC. Guys, check that out. I will be watching. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, I'll tell you guys about the uh, about our click it or ticket thing that we've been talking about. Because if you think to yourself, I'm in a rush. Maybe it's too uncomfortable. Sometimes I just forget. Well, there's no good excuse for not buckling it up. You're putting yourself at risk of injury or death. In 2017, more than 10,000 unbuckled people were killed in crashes. 
51% of people killed in crashes were not wearing seatbelts. Ugh, man. Don't, you know, I, the, the slogan should just be, don't be a moron. Right? It should be. That should be the, the signs that they put up everywhere. No matter what kind of vehicle you drive, your seatbelt is the best defense, even in the back seat, including taxis or ride-sharing services. I don't get it in any kind of Uber or Lyft or anything without putting my, my buckle on. I was already in one of them, and I told you that the Lyft driver was Uber. I don't remember. That guy hit the car in front of me, and he's like, way to go, buddy. So I've never been in an accident, boom. Yeah, right. That's what he said. He's like, I'm the, I got the highest rating of anyone out here as he hit the car in front of him. I was like, but not anymore. Uh, You're also, like, no, no, you don't. <laughs> right. It's like, not from me. This guy says three stars. I'm not that mean. Just three stars. I'm not going to do one star. Uh, also, keep in mind, cops are on the lookout. And they're writing tickets. So why risk it? Click it or ticket. So definitely do that. Um, uh, talking uh, trucks, I wanted to get on this before we run out of time here. As you guys have known, uh, you know, all the big – one of the biggest battles in the automotive space are, are, are the pickup trucks, the GMC Sierra, the Chevy a version of it, Ford F-150, uh, Dodge Ram, and Ford was doing the aluminum and GMC and Chevy. They're like, we're going to do carbon fiber. We're going to do carbon fiber bed in our truck as an option. It's not the only thing. So – now we've got some specs on that. So GMC has the GMC Sierra, the Carbon Pro Edition. And uh, and the way it breaks down is, is this, is if you want the carbon fiber bed, you actually have to order the package, the Carbon Pro package, and it adds a bunch of options to the vehicle. So you can't just get the base model with the bed. For now, the carbon bed is meant to be part of a higher-end uh, uh, package. So um, what it does is if you take a, a GMC Sierra, it adds about eight or $9,000. But uh, but the way it comes down is – so let's say you take uh, the, arguably the most affordable version, which is the, uh, the GMC Sierra, the AT4. That starts at about sixty six thousand six thirty five, and then in the Denali trim, it's seventy thousand twenty dollars. Um, and uh, uh, but now you have to add rear uh, uh, rear camera in the mirror, uh, surround vision cameras, automatic emergency braking, lane keep assist, automatic headlights, Bluetooth bed speaker, power side steps. A sunroof, trailer tire pressure monitoring system, a heads-up display, uh, and uh, and then it has the Bose sound system and navigation and parking sensors and uh, and I think a tuned exhaust on it um, and 22-inch wheels on the Denali, which uh, you don't have to get in the other one. They both have 6.2-liter V8s and 10-speed automatics. So when you add all of those options, it's 8000 on the on the uh, AT4 trim, 9000 on the Denali trim. Um, but if you went to the website and you built the same GMC Sierra, added all those options except for the carbon fiber bed, which you can't do, but if you did the math on it, the bed equates to about uh, – Two to three thousand bucks. It's like two thousand or so on the AT4 and three thousand on on the Denali. So the question is, this is is the bed worth two to three thousand uh, dollars? 
and what it what it comes down to is um it has the the idea of the carbon fiber bed is it has best in class corrosion resistance scratch resistance and dent durability. You shouldn't need any type of spray and bed liner or anything when you do this. And the weight reduction is 62 uh, 62 pounds compared to the steel bed. Now, here's here's the part that was unclear to me. I think the 62 pounds weight reduction is steel bed to carbon fiber bed, not the Carbon Pro truck versus the non-carbon pro truck. Because if you add Bluetooth speakers and rear view cameras and and lane keep assist and and power side steps and sunroof, if you add all of that crap which comes with the with with the uh with the carbon pro package, aren't you adding a bunch of weight anyway? So if you're going for the lightest weight version, I don't think this is going to get you there because you're adding all of these options. Now, I don't know if it's going to be available at some point down the line, but can you get a sort of stripped down model of the truck and the carbon pro bed? And can you get the carbon pro bed or the carbon pro, the carbon fiber bed Without the 6.2 liter V8, can you get it in a more fuel efficient engine configuration? So far, no, you can't. Um, So I don't know that you're getting it for the weight reduction. Maybe you're getting it for the durability and the corrosion resistance. I would say probably, we don't think about it much here in California, but other parts of the country, corrosion resistance is probably a really big deal. And now I know the fenders on the back of the truck are steel are still steel, but those are the painted elements. They're not really the the pieces that you're scratching up and where the rust comes through as much. Um, so maybe it's worth it. I don't know. You guys tell me. I'm I'm sure there's sort of a an East Coast West Coast uh, a thought process on this. I like the idea of a carbon fiber bed, but for me, um, I I don't haul much stuff, but I do like a cool hot rod truck, and I'm like, well, what if what if you can do sort of a you know standard cab or or you know whatever the half cab is, um, and do sort of a modern day you know uh, uh, a hot rod pickup truck with a lighter weight bed and and reduce weight and and you know and then put your turbos or superchargers on it and you know that probably adds eighty or hundred pounds to the front end. But uh, what what version of this can you make into a hot rod truck? And it seems like um, I don't know. It's interesting. You're I don't know. It's oh, a $70,000 truck. C10s and do an autocross would like one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, you know, look, I, I'm sure that's going to be a thing. That's going to be a thing where you're like, well, I don't want the $70,000 truck. They're going to try to find one that's wrecked after a year or two and, uh, and take the bed off and use that for something, um, use that for something else. But, uh, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Now, I imagine we're going to see, um, a handful of these and at the SEMA show as well. We talked about uh, the SEMA show, I think, is going to be littered with with new Toyota Supras and and Jeep Renegades. And, uh, and what? Jeep, Jeep Gladiators. Gladiator, and gladiators, yeah, yeah. And Elephant Crate Engines. And uh, um, there's got to be a, a the, the Jeep pickup truck with a Elephant engine swap in it by the time we, by the time we get the SEMA, right? Um, yeah, I want to see it in a Pinto, but <laughs> right. <laughs> um, anyway, so I don't know. You guys, give me your thoughts on uh, on 
on the carbon fiber uh, uh, bed, see if you guys think are worth it. Is it is it more of a a, a sales gimmick, or are you guys into it? I'm not quite sure. Um, anyway, before you wrap up, I'm going to tell you a little bit more about Dodge. It's Dodge Performance Days, where we celebrate speed, power, and performance. And that new car smell gets replaced by the scent of burnt rubber. Check out the Dodge Charger with available best in class 485 horsepower. Man. I feel like 485 horsepower is is the little Dodge. <laughs> it is the little Dodge. And you, I don't know if you heard, but I think we got full 100% confirmation that there will be later in the year a red-eye wide-body charger available. Yeah, I did not hear that yet. But uh, yep. if that's true, you're I hearing heard it here. I heard it, saw it online. A number of people sent it to me as as they were extremely excited. Now, I could, I, could, I could hear them tinkling themselves as uh, they were speaking. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting news to get confirmation of that. Now, what does that do for you? Did you already have an order in on a wide-body non-red eye? <laughs> Both. <laughs> Both. Yeah, but now you're sending your charger out to Speedcore as well to get a wide-body treatment. Your, uh, your car you know, I, I just, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm ahead of myself, and you know, it, it, it is what it is. You got to have fun. I have to entertain myself. And uh, this is why you're going to go wrestle the Undertaker. <laughs> well, this is one reason. <laughs> <laughs> it's one reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, man, we have to fuel. We have to fuel our passions, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm 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 with you on it. This is uh, it's fantastic. I'm going to be excited. to Hey, see I, I live in the middle of nowhere, and I don't get the luxury of driving a 720 or a 720. <laughs> You know, cabriolet, or, or you know, or uh, or NSX, or anything like that. So I gotta, I gotta provide my own entertainment by purchasing and building as many cool vehicles as I can out here in the middle of nowhere and have fun on my own. Yeah. When are you gonna start on the Blazer? Mm, well, Richard Waitus should be getting back here a couple days, and then hey, we're on our way. Waitus is uh, he's working on. Uh, He's Rutledge Woods, right yeah, he's Rutledge Woods is Woods is uh, RWB converted Porsche. Uh, Porsche, but it has an LS engine in the back. I know, man. It's a sweet looking car, I, though, dude. I, I kind of love that stuff? project. I love that project. Oh. Yeah, and and I, I think we talked to the guys who who make the engine swap kits, or we looked into it at one point. And I know it sounds crazy, but doing a, an LS swap in those doesn't really add any weight. I want to say it's somewhere between like a 10 and 20 pound difference. And I honestly couldn't tell you if it was 20 pounds less or 20 pounds more. But doing like an all aluminum LS with the plastic intake it and just the way the, the Porsche is, it's the same It's the same weight. And it's going to sound like a, like a 69 Camaro or it's going to sound like a modern day Corvette. It's I don't be- know, man. It's a weird combo, but it's hey, weird. hats off to him for doing it. I mean, it's cool, but it's uh, it's just it's a weird one. I, I I will tell you guys this: you should follow Rutledge on Instagram because he is giddy with excitement on this project, and just watch his stories and his posts, and you guys will love it. He's such a he's such a good dude, and you guys will be like. Ah, you're going to get behind this project just because of his enthusiasm. And that's really kind of what it's all about. So um, uh, I'm hoping to uh, see that car. I think it's doing a hot rod power tour and I'm hoping to see it at, uh, at SEMA as well. And we will try to connect with him and get him on the show and talk to him a little bit more about it. So 
All right, guys. Uh, we're going to wrap things up here. We want to uh, thank you guys for listening. Check us out at uh, carcastshow.com. You can follow me. I'm at Motorator um, all over social media. And I got a bunch of a big photo gallery from the Hot Wheels uh from the Hot Wheels Legends Tour show that I went out with uh, with uh, uh, Adam Carolla and uh, our buddy Dave Merrick from Honda and Acura and uh, Johnny Lieberman from Motor Trend and, um, and, of course, Jay Leno. We were all judges at this event. There are 18 stops at the Legend Tour. They will pick one winner from each of the 18 stops. All 18 of those cars and their owners will be invited to the SEMA show and a grand overall winner will be picked at the SEMA show. Adam and I will be there. We're doing CarCast Live with Hot Wheels in their booth at the SEMA show, and we will be announcing the winner of the 18, and that person's car will be made into a Hot Wheels model, into a Hot Wheels toy, which is so much fun. And by the way, these Legends Tours events, they're free. They're, They're free, so you can go to any one of them. You can enter your cars for free, and you can attend for free. There's Something like 60,000, 65,000 people went to all the events last year. Um, uh, all right. So check those out. Uh, and uh, Goldberg. Goldberg and Goldberg Garage on Twitter and Goldberg95 and Goldberg's Garage on Instagram. And uh, if you like the show, a nice little rating on iTunes. We would love it. And check out the other pod, Shift and Steer. It's on iTunes and Podcast One. We've got uh, uh, more stuff going on over there as well. I think you guys will love it. All right. So uh, – we're wrapping things up. Goldberg, thanks for uh, for calling in. And uh, I guess uh, we'll get another show in the can before you head out to wrestle Taker. Yeah, <laughs> buddy. Well, you uh, just uh, give me a ring and I'll, I'll uh, get out from under these weights at the garage and uh, let's get her done. All right, Mike. Uh, until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. Be good. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com.